Bienvenidos a Crónicas de la Raza. Welcome to La Raza Chronicles. On tonight's program, we want to first take a moment to acknowledge the white supremacist attacks that have taken form as mass shootings in this country in recent weeks. La Raza Chronicles would like to acknowledge that this country that has been built on white supremacy continues to include many acts of terror that impact Latino, Latinx people, impact people of African descent, impact immigrants, impact indigenous people. And we'd like to take a moment to stand in solidarity with all those impacts with recent events and show unity with all the ways that we can reimagine a United States that's less exploitative and less violent and more loving towards those that have had their labor, land, and liberty extracted. And with that, we'd like to focus our show today on deportations, on the more recent attacks on immigrant communities here in the United States. We will feature an interview with a local community activist who will share with us many ways that people are protesting here in the Bay Area against ICE and against these racist immigration policies. And we'll also feature Poet Laureate of Berkeley, Rafael Jesus Gonzalez, who will share with us his poetry that touches on these themes related to immigration policy and all the ways that we are shaped by it. All this and much more, stay tuned. Serrano for La Raza Chronicles. My guest today is Rafael Jesus Gonzalez. Bienvenidos, Rafael, to La Raza Chronicles. Thank you, Nina. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. What you're very famous for is your bilinguality, the way that you manipulate two languages, code change from language to language, and expand your audience and expand your meaning. Thank you. I'm not so sure that it's not the other way around, that I am manipulated by the two muses who speak those two different tongues. Well, how does your poetry come to you? In one language and you translate to the other? Or? See, that's what I have very much the difficult time making editors understand, understand, is that my poems are not translations of either. I write simultaneously in both languages. It's something that comes from having grown up completely bilingual on the U.S., the Mexican border. I can never predict which of the muses is going to grant me her favors first. But no sooner does a phrase or a, or a stanza come to me in either of the languages than almost simultaneously its English equivalent is suggested to me by the other. So the languages play against each other, change each other, and perfect each other, I hope. Well, can we hear some of these poems, some of your more recent ones? Yes, of course, Nina. Vamos a ver what, what comes up. I did The Wall, perhaps? There's a theme. <laughs> it's interesting because the title of the poem is from my experience of English literature. 
wall, that vile wall, which comes from Shakespeare's Midsummer Night's Dream. The wall, my wall, he says. They are animals, not people, rapists, terrorists, criminals, bringing drugs. We are being invaded by the poor, the forsaken, the persecuted, the children, no matter the cost, we have to protect our border. Set on the wall, nothing is more important to him. It rises and stretches in his imagination, crosses deserts, divides plains and mountains, separates parents from children, cuts the primordial roots of the deer and the cougar, ocelot and coyote, wolf and jaguar. His beautiful wall that not even Joshua's trumpets could bring down. My wall, my wall, he throws a tantrum, and to get it, paralyzes the government, sinks the economy, pouts like the foolish breath he is, obstinate dunk his wall, cost what it may, in money, in blood, in death, in suffering. The wall, that vile wall. Wow, wow. Pues ahí lo tienes. El muro, mi muro, dice, son animales, no personas, violadores, terroristas, criminales trayendo drogas. Nos invaden los pobres, los desamparados, los perseguidos, los niños, no importa el costo, tenemos que proteger nuestras fronteras. Terco en su muro, Nada le es más importante. Se alza y se alarga en su imaginación. Cruza desiertos, divide llanos y cerros, separa padres de hijos, corta las rutas primordiales del venado y la puma, ocelote y coyote, lobo y jaguar. Su bello muro, que ni las trompetas de Josué puedan derribar. Mi muro, mi muro, hace berrinche y para conseguirlo paraliza el gobierno, hunde la economía, se atufa como el mocoso necio que es. Aferrado a su muro, cueste lo que cueste, en dinero, en sangre, en muerte, en sufrir el muro, ese asqueroso muro. You've written many poems about this whole immigration issue over the years. I have, and you know, it, it preys on my mind and on my heart. I feel I have to speak out for this atrocity that's happening, the torturing of parents and children. And that wall is really in the very land that you come from, which is the border. Yes. The border to me is not a wall. When I grew up, the border to me is a river that uh, you cross on a block-long bridge. And to me, I had families on both sides of the river. And growing up, went back and forth to visit with my cousins and aunts and come back home at night to sleep, sometimes spending the night. <laughs> 
a body was very meaningless to me. You have to realize that for myself and many of my people, <laughs> when I say my people, I mean the Mexican people, we didn't cross the border, the border crossed us. You mean the takeover of the California lands? I'm thinking I'm in California, Arizona, parts of Colorado. Almost half the United States was taken from Mexico. And <laughs> before then it was Spain who took it over from the Native Americans, the indigenous people. So, yeah, we are now standing on conquered land. What other poems did you bring? Well, sure, read you one of my latest. Yes. Last week, I was invited to read a city-sponsored rally in Berkeley to object to oppose to the concentration camps on the border, detention camps for immigrants, parents, and children. And this is what I came up. I am asked as poet laureate of the city to recite a poem on the children, mothers, fathers, separated, jailed, caged, tortured, in concentration camps on the southern border. How to put into song the suffering, the cries, the terror, the fright of the children snatched from their mothers, their fathers' arms, by rough hands, in harsh voices, in a tongue they do not understand. How to tell their sleep of nightmares, exhausted by crying, not wrapped in blankets of cotton and wool, smelling of comfort, but in space blankets, metallic and cold, on the floor of a cage. How to sing their deaths, how to sing the anguish of the mothers, the fathers, for the little sons, little daughters. How cry the pain and rage, protest the cruelty, of the villains in the White House, the Congress, the Supreme Court of the land. The muses grow mute. Hear the limits of poetry. Only resistance will do. Revolution. That will be our poem. There is no other. Se me pide como poeta laureado de la ciudad que reciten poemas sobre los niños Madres, padres, separados, encarcelados, enjaulados, torturados en centros de concentración en la frontera del sur. ¿Cómo poner en canto el sufrir, el llanto, el terror, el espanto de los niños arrebatados de los brazos de sus padres, sus madres, por manos bruscas, en voces rudas, en lengua que no comprenden? ¿Cómo decir su dormir de pesadillas, exhaustos de llorar, no envueltos en cobijas de algodón y lana, oliendo consuelo, sino en mantas isotérmicas, metálicas y frías, en el suelo de una jaula? ¿Cómo cantar sus muertes? ¿Cómo cantar la angustia de los, los padres, las madres, por sus hijitos, hijitas, Cómo gritar el dolor y la rabia, protestar la crueldad de los canallas en la Casa Blanca, el Congreso, la Corte Suprema del país. Enmudecen las mudas. Aquí los límites de la poesía. 
Solo servirá la resistencia. Revolución. Esta será nuestro poema. No hay otro. That is a strong poem. It's a strong situation we live in. Nina, controlled by the fascists for a good while yet. But there's this move to consolidate the power of the fascists into an absolute tyranny. And maybe into a world network, as we're beginning to see country by country. Yes, Nina, it is the economics of conquest that began in the final part of the 15th century, and is the economics of power. Let's call it for what it is, capitalism. That's the economics of power that depend upon an absolute exploitation of the earth, rape of the earth, for its materials, its raw resources, to turn it into sellable product. And depends also upon slavery, the cheap labor, to turn that raw material into consumable products for the sake of profit. You know, this theme of slavery, I feel that that is also very connected to the situation at the wall. There are still, I think, 1,200 children that they couldn't account for. Well, what happens to the children that they can't account for? Where did they disappear to? What happened to them? And could that be part of this world slave trade that's going on right now? Let's really talk about slavery, Nina. We think of a slavery of going to peoples in Africa and other parts of the world, putting them in chains and dragging them over. That is a thing of the past, hopefully. Now what happens with globalized capitalism is we just move our factories to where the slave labor is. We don't have to bring them in chains here anymore. We just move our modes of production to those countries where we can hire for slave labor people in absolute poverty under governments that we support that strips them of their rights to vote and the rights to, to speak for themselves. But we also themselves. have people right here in this country right now that are slaves. Absolutely. They are brought here. They don't have to be brought here. They're born into slavery here, many of them, Nina. Again, we have to rethink what we mean by slavery. Slavery we'll call working for no pay. Or for very little pay. Or for no pay and a no way out. Their passports and their papers are taken from them. But my point is, Nina, that not all of them have, even have to depend on passports. They are born into that kind of slavery. And I'm talking mostly about our indigenous and our Afro-American population that are brought to the level of slavery by Jim Crow laws and those laws that keep those populations in poverty levels where they have very little choice of what to do to make a living. So what other poems have you brought? I know you <laughs> must have more on this theme. Okay. So much is related to this. I would much rather spend my time writing love poetry and poetry of celebration. I often resent that I have to devote my energies to raising my voice with a voiceless. Here's one thing. And it's in the mode of the, of the Nahua mode, which is the, the culture of the Central Plateau of Mexico. And many of my work is trying to duplicate that feeling of the of Anawa writing. Sently, Sently, corn, definition in the Nawa mode. Corn, say the grandfathers, grandmothers, blooms in a modest, humble flower. Then its red tassel 
headdress of plumes. In its ripeness, the corn cob is of grains of gold, beads of green stone, bracelets, they said, precious, our flesh, our blood, our bones. The ancients knew it. We know it. Now when sorcerers of bad faith, of mistaken vision, driven by greed, poison the sacred seed with the essence of scorpion and make waste the cornfield. Let us awake, rebel, sons, daughters of the corn. Enough of sorcerers and cheats. It is our lives that we defend, our sustenance, our holy corn. Maíz. Definición al modo en agua. El maíz, dicen los abuelos, las abuelas, brota en flor modesta y humilde. Luego su borla roja, penacho de plumas. En su madurez, la mazorca es granos de oro, cuentas de piedra verde. Pulsera, decían, precioso, nuestra carne, nuestros huesos. Sabían los ancianos, ancianas, lo sabemos nosotros. Ahora, cuando brujos de mala fe, de visión equivocada, impulsados por la codicia, envenenan la semilla sagrada con esencia de lacrán y hacen yerma las milpas. Despertemos, sublevémonos, hijos e hijas del maíz, Basta de brujos y embusteros, es nuestra vida que defendemos, nuestro sustento, nuestro santo maíz. And that's, of course, written in response to the threat to the sacred seeds of the holy corn that originated in Mexico, millenniums and millenniums, millenniums of go on the peninsula of Yucatan that with NAFTA has opened the doors to firms like Monsanto to flood the market with their molecularly modified corn, bringing down uh, the native corn to the favor of the imported corn, raising the rice of tortillas so that poverty is increased in Mexico as has been the result of NAFTA. That, of course, forces migration into where the concentration of the wealth of the world is. And yes, this is the poem in response. When I say that sorcerers of bad faith and mistaken vision driven by greed poison the sacred seed with the essence of scorpion is not a metaphor, that's an actual fact. The so-called plague-resistant corn putting the genes of the scorpion inside the seed of the corn, poison butterflies and bees, essentially. And you've done a lot of the visual work also at the Oakland Museum. Yes, a lot of my art has become installation art with a sort of a strange kind of, of art because in a way it's very ephemeral in a thing and it really depends upon sponsors being granted a space in a gallery or a museum that one can turn into a, another word for its environmental sculpture. 
And so you've been doing that for quite a while. I've been, yes, I've been doing that for quite a while now. And also, about 27 years ago, you organized Xochipilli, a, a men's circle. Well, that's an interesting uh, history of its own. In the late 70s, I became very much involved in, in the men's consciousness movement. You don't hear much about now, but was very influential because that's how many of us men became feminists through the men's work. Several of us involved in it, the Latinos in there. And we were constantly asked to represent the Latino community. And so four of us became acquainted with each other in that setting. We'd form a little group of, of our own for mutual support and exploration of our masculinity, of our politics, of who we were. We called ourselves Xochipilli. Xochipilli actually means literally Prince of Flowers, and that is the name of the Aztec god of the art of poetry and music, song, featherwork, and painting, and embroidery, and all the art. Uh, that's the origins of Xochipilli. We're still around. 27 years, that's quite a history. That year and a half ago, we lost two of our founding members. Who were those? Roberto Almanzan and Juan Domingo. Mm -hmm. So now you're approaching your 27th anniversary mm -hmm. as a men's group, and what are you planning? Our coming up project is creation of an ofrenda for the Oakland Museum of California's annual community celebration of the Día de los Muertos. We've been making this ofrenda since 2001, and that's for the victims of war. And do you have any poems that relate to those themes? Well, I'll read to you one entitled Suchipili, which is oh, the... Oh, perfect. Uh, <laughs> which is the name of our group, so that just comes Which is up. just what we're talking about. Suchipili. <laughs> okay. Brought from the skirts of the smoking mountain, there among ferns and mosses, below where the snows began, the prince of flowers carved of the pitted gray stone of the mountain, sits feet crossed, hands raised, as if he held flowers long wilted, rattles long gone. He holds his head high, face raised to the sky, eyes wide in trance behind the stone mask. The dense brown air hangs like a dirty curtain hiding the mountain, restless again, black plumes of smoke rise and billow from the snows. The earth does not sit still. Bajado de las faltas de la montaña Cumea, allí de entre musgos y helechos, bajo donde las nieves empiezan, el príncipe de las flores, labrado de la misma piedra de la montaña, Carcomida, gris, se sienta, pies cruzados, manos elevadas, como si cogiera flores y hace mucho marchitas, sonajas y hace mucho perdidas. Levanta en alto la cabeza, rostro hacia el cielo, ojos abiertos en trance detrás de máscara de piedra. El aire Denso café, cuelga como cortina sucia, ocultando el cerro. Otra vez inquieto, plumas negras de humo se hinchan y se elevan sobre las nieves. 
la tierra no está quieta. That's referring to one of the most famous pieces in the National Anthropological Museum in Mexico, which is the statue of Xochipilli. Discovered at the end of the 19th century, I believe, on, on the skirts of Popocatépetl, Smoking Mountain figure of Xochipilli, probably the best known and most classic of the, of the depictions of the god. So we were just talking about the nuclear disarmament movement, and you just recently will have had the event on Hiroshima Day mm -hmm. honoring that. Where do you think that movement has gone for nuclear disarmament? The movement has always gone on. It hasn't had the headlines, and you might say, that it had in the 1980s when Reagan was so intent on developing first strike weapons like the MX missile. And it has sort of been overshadowed by the many other issues that seem more immediate. We had sort of trusted, probably mistakenly, that any of our past presidents would be mad enough, crazy enough, insane enough to really engage in nuclear war. Even though Bush in the last war did use some form of nuclear arms. But with the madmen that we have in office now, nuclear war is much, much more a threat, especially with the taunts of Iran, breaking the agreements that we had reached to limit Iran's development of nuclear weapons. Now, I think it's time for the anti-nuclear movement to, to become more prominent. Can you read us some more of your poetry? Sure. Let's see what other things I have. But as long as you want celebrations, let me share with the one on wine. Wine in the Arabic Andalusian mode. Another of my influences, besides the Nawa influence, and of course the Spanish and the English, has been the Arabic poetry, and especially the Arabic poetry of Andalusian uh, Spain, of Andalusia. And this is wine in the Arabic Andalusian mode, trying to work in more the tone and the style of Arabic poetry. At dinner last night, I opened the 10-year-old bottle of wine. I had been hoarding, extravagant. Extravagant, I've waited a lifetime to have you at my table. Upon your return from your journey, said the magician, I look forward to sharing a glass of wine. Toward that day, the wine grows rich in the bottle and in the heart, too. At the banquet of friendship, the hearts of the guests became entwined, and in the wine they shared, the stars were drowned, each bubble a little beating heart. And even when the day brightened, each star, each bubble, its heart cast the fullness of rainbows. En la cena noche, abrí la botella de vino de diez años que estaba guardando. Extravagante, extravagante, he esperado una vida para tenerte en mi mesa. Cuando regreses de tu jornada, dijo el mago, Anticipo compartir una copa de vino. Así ese día, el vino enriquece en la botella y en el corazón. En el banquete de la amistad, 
Los corazones de los comensales se enlazaron y en el vino que sentían se ahogaron los luceros. Cada burbuja, un pequeño corazón palpitante. Y aún cuando esclareció el día, cada estrella, cada burbuja, cada corazón, centellaba una plenitud de arcos iris. Lovely. <laughs> if, I, if I had my druthers, that's what I would be doing. None of us would have to worry about health care or where the food was coming in from our table. We would share what we had and then spend the time creating art, which is really what, what we should all be doing. <laughs> yes, yes. Was there another poem, perhaps, that you'd like to share? Yes, actually. Yes. Driving over with a dear friend, Louis Music, I was looking at, at the hills that I love so much in the summer. And this is, gracious is the sun, blessing in case of doubt. Summer grasses grow, honey pelts upon the hills, a pride of lions napping in the solstice sun, easy and content fulfilled. So may it be with you, unutterably sure, knowing that gracious is the sun, speaking himself in you like a field of grasses in flower until they, full grown, burst into seeds, feathered envoys slung afar, each a token that you are loved. Fundadoso es el sol, bendición en caso de duda. La hierba veraniega crece, piedles de miel en las colinas, orgullo de leones durmiendo bajo el sol del solsticio, cómodos y contentos, completos. Sea así contigo, irresiblemente seguro, sabiendo que bondadoso es el sol, creándose a sí mismo en ti como campos de hierba, en flor, hasta que ya madura, estallen semillas, mensajeros impulsados, esparcidos, cada una recuerdo de que eres amado. Oh, that is a beautiful poem. I love poems. You know, that's what we need. We are in the sorest need of revolution that we've never been. And that revolution is one of consciousness and is of love. If that revolution that has to come and we're going to save, I'm not going to say our souls because I know nothing about that, but our sweet asses is going to have to be rooted in love and compassion, else it's not going to work. Because that's what we are suffering from now, is lack of love and lack of compassion and lack of love of life. Uh, my friend uh, Matthew Fox labeled the U.S. culture as necrophilic, death-loving. And our culture is death-loving. If we just see how much of the national wealth is, is spent on weapons of death, our great love of guns, the great love of death, then we have to change its roots, and it has to be a deep cultural change, and it begins with the art. <laughs> That's what we're about. Yes, and you are a wonderful example of a man of the art. Kunina, it is muy amable. Well, it's been a great pleasure. Thank you so much.
Ese que me alejas, ese que no dejas respirar, ese que mareas, ese que me desesperas, ese que me avientas a de la vida, dime que es normal Viento de la vida, ¿dónde puedo acobijar mis miedos? Viento de la vida, ¿cuánto hay que esperar? Viento de la vida, ¿cómo desentumecer mis dedos? Estos dos brazos que tengo yo para pelear Aunque no quiero
Listening to La Raza Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza. I'm Julieta Cusnir, and I have on the line with me Larissa Castillas. She has been doing some important organizing around the mass deportations and the terrible changes in immigration policies and the, the separations of families we're seeing. Just to first off, to start off by telling us why have you gotten involved and why have you made this your your work? I got involved because me, like so many other folks have been really just sort of, you know, reading the headlines and hearing the news and really just seeing how the current immigration practices are impacting our communities and just tired of it, right? Feeling a lot of outrage and just a lot of anger. And so, you know, a couple of women and I got together and decided that we wanted to just sort of create a structure whereby people can plug themselves in and collectively express our outrage and our solidarity and support for immigrant communities. Um, And so that's what has become what is now the month of momentum, which is basically 30 days of actions in front of the ICE building in San Francisco, um, calling to close the camps. And it's been uh, really great. It's uh, been a place for people to be able to go and not feel alone. It's been a place for folks to be able to express their solidarity and their support and to really look at um, the intersectionality of the issues that one doesn't need to be an immigrant in order to be feeling under attack or feeling alone, basically. Um, So it's been really, really wonderful these last couple of days. This morning, today, we had uh, librarians out in front of the ICE building. And, you know, there were immigrant librarians who were talking about their own immigrant experience and how what's happening right now, and you know, is impacting them and the people that come into the libraries and their other co-workers. And so it's been a really wonderful uh, way to see um, solidarity and unity. I went last week with some coworkers and they said, you know, it was really great just to be chanting, you know, and get that energy out. That's what we wanted to create. We just wanted to like provide a space for people to be able to come together and express their outrage and, um, and their love for each other too. It's not all anger, right? It's been songs and singing and poetry and, you know, we're expecting comedians to come out. So um, it's been really great. 
And the diversity has been really amazing. It's just been all big range of people. And I think that's also touches on the fact that so many different people are outraged and so many different people are impacted in different ways. Can you tell us about some of the people that or some of the groups that came out last week? Yeah, sure. So last week we had um, on Friday, the interfaith community came out and um, specifically the interfaith movement for human integrity and the Council American of Islam Relations. Um, they came out and um, really talked about their own faith traditions and what their faith traditions say about immigration and refugees and welcoming the stranger. And this issue doesn't just impact, you know, Judeo-Christians or the Jewish community, but, you know, the Muslim community as well. And not only did folks talk about how how communities are being impacted, but also how communities are standing strong together. So that was really uh, wonderful. And on Wednesday of last week, we had mothers and children out there. So we had toddlers and young kids drawing, you know, making their own protest signs and parents, you know, visibly. I mean, as a parent, you know, you're visibly shaken by what's happening and what we're hearing and seeing with the children, especially in the detention camps. So that was really lovely. And um, Monday we had the climate climate action folks come out and draw the links between, you know, our immigration policy, the privatization of detention centers, the privatization of our criminal justice system, you know, the race for profit and how all of this, all of these practices are really hurting Mother Earth. And again, you know, it's all connected um, and we're all connected together. So those were just a couple. We had been to ARC on Tuesday um, that came out and showed uh, a Jewish solidarity. And then on Thursday, we had a group called Refuse Fascism that came out and um, held a protest. Saturday, we had tenants come out in a strong show of tenants. And Sunday, educators and students. So yeah, you're right. It's an incredible diversity of different communities and groups that are answering, responding to the call to action, and bringing all of their allies and friends and loved ones out to come out together. It's been, I have to say, the response to this has been really heartening and gives me a lot of hope. You know, we didn't think that we were going to be able to do a whole month. And basically within days, we had half of the month of August taken by different organizations. So yeah, it's really great. And I want to emphasize that you don't need to be a part of any one of these groups or communities to come out. You know, folks are organizing protests and actions every day from 12 to 1 in front of the ICE building. But you don't need to be a mother. You don't need to be person of faith. You don't need to be a tenant, a poet, a librarian. You know, just come out and um, be with us. So why don't you tell us about what the rest of this week, this is airing today, Tuesday. So tell us about the rest of the week that you see in terms of some of the some of the events, though, like you said, it's welcome to all. But what are some of the different people that are gathering? And also, how do people kind of check out or find out where exactly people are meeting and if there are any changes in schedules? Yeah. So um, this week, um, yesterday, Monday, librarians uh, did an action on Tuesday. Service industry workers united against ICE are doing an action 
Um, Never Again Action, and if not now, on Wednesday, August 14th. Thursday, August 15th, um, we're going to have two different actions. Uh, the Witches will be out there from noon to 1, and Youth Action Day uh, will start at 1, from 1 to 2. And Friday, the Medical Cannabis Action Community is going to be out, and Saturday, Poets, so you don't want to miss that, from 12 to 2. And on Sunday, the 18th, the Harm Reduction and Public Health Community will be organizing um, something out. And it's every day uh, in front of the ICE building at 630 Sansom Street. Every day at the uh, lunch hour, 12 o'clock noon to 1. And folks can find out more about the events or, you know, um, check in by Facebook. Um, we have a Facebook event page. You know, you could just do a search month of momentum and it should come up. Larissa, thank you so much for all the work you're doing to hold this space, because like you said, even though it is a call for act, it's an opportunity to really hold electeds and hold those responsible accountable. It's also just a place to feel solidarity and feel hope and feel less alone in this scary time. So thank you for all the work you've done to create this space. Is there anything else that you hope that people do or think about as they react to the news and see these images that for a lot of us, you know, make it hard to sleep and are pretty impactful? Yeah, I think the only thing that um, has actually worked for me that I tell other people is really just, um, you know, this is also a way for us to build community and go out and meet your neighbors and, you know, find out who you're living next to and make sure that you all know each other yeah, I think it's just important for us to know, you know, who our neighbors are and with whom, you know, we live and just, you know, try to be a little bit kinder to each other because unfortunately I don't think, <laughs> I'm not quite sure we're in the very worst of it just yet. But um, yeah, I think that's just, uh, let's be kind to each other, get to know your neighbors, have potlucks and um, yeah get together with the people you love as much as possible. So we have recently heard about yet another round of raids that have impacted so many people. Can you give us your thoughts on this? My initial reaction is really um, very disgusted by what's happening. Uh, What I'm most concerned about is that, yes, it's about immigration and immigrants, but it's not, right? It's really about taking advantage of low-wage workers, workers who we later found out stood up for their rights and won their rights and then were retaliated against by uh, being um, picked up as undocumented immigrants. Um, We know that many of those folks were not undocumented and I'm not even sure that that really matters. It's really about splitting up families and creating a sense of fear in our communities and that's why I feel like some of the spaces like the Month of Momentum and other spaces where we can be together and build community are so important because we haven't seen anything like that right now in the Bay Area, but um, I'm sure that we're not going to be immune to those types of um, scare tactics. Thank you so much for all your work.
You're listening to La Raza Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza. I'm Brenda Yescas, and this is a calendar of Cultura y Arte for the Bay Area. For Thursday, August 15th, join us for an indigenous ceremonia as we close Casa Bonapac storefront and celebrate 23 years of Mission Magia. There will be dancing and food available. Casa Bonapac is located at 1051 Valencia Street in San Francisco. Starts at 5.30 p.m. Also for Thursday, August 15th, join Idol No More Bay Area in welcoming Tiny House Warrior Ganahus Freedom Manuel in a powerful discussion about the resistance her and many others have taken on with stopping the Trans Mountain Pipeline from crossing their homelands in Blue River. This is an opportunity to weave our struggles of resistance across the medicine line to demand an end to new fossil fuel production, extraction, and infrastructure, and have a rapid shift towards renewable energies. This is at First Congregational Church, 2501 Harrison Street in Oakland. Starts at 6 p.m. For Friday, August 16th, Somos One, with the help of Stay Original DJs, is ready to release a dope collection of his own underground hip-hop music, Sketches of Maktub. In true Church of Poetry fashion, we will also take this time to chill, showcase DJs, and a couple of incredible talented members of the community. Hella Breezy from Churita Vinyl Club, Alex Sabogal, and Dr. Bobby Reyes. This is at Soul Space, 1714 Telegraph Avenue in Oakland. Starts at 7 p.m. For Saturday, August 17th, the Chiapas Support Committee invites you to their fourth annual Emiliano Zapata Community Festival. You will enjoy music, poetry, and art that expresses anti-capitalist resistance, deep solidarity with indigenous people's struggles for community, land and justice, and a shared space for envisioning an end to the repressive and racist climate we are challenged in the U.S. This is at Omni Commons, 4799 Shattuck Avenue in Oakland. Starts at 12 p.m. For Saturday, August 24th, join local Bay Area band Bang Data along with Mariposas del Alma and Discos Resaca Collective for a night of cumbia and Latino grooves. This is at The Freight and Salvage, 2020 Addison Street in Berkeley. Starts at 8 p.m. and is wheelchair accessible. And for Sunday, August 25th, Berkeley's Poet Laureate, Rafael Jesus Gonzalez, will be taking part in a tour with other Bay Area Poet Laureates. They will be reading their poems on social justice issues, as well as poetry from undocumented Great Lakes Poet Laureate on Social Justice. The first event will be held at Revolution Books, 2444 Durant Avenue in Berkeley. Starts at 6 p.m. And this has been a calendar of events, cultura y arte for the Bay Area. If you would like to add your event to our calendar, email us at larazachronicles at kpfa.org. Feliz noches! You've been listening to La Raza Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza. If you'd like to stay up on our news, like us on Facebook at La Raza Chronicles on Facebook. If you want to hear this program or share it with a friend, you can go to soundcloud.com slash La Raza Chronicles and share it. 
If you have any ideas for interviews we should be doing or would like to get involved with our collective, you can email us at lajasachronicles at kpfa.org. Muchísimas gracias y buenas noches. Thank you.